from Ephesians 6, beginning in verse 13. Therefore, take up the full armor of God, so that you will be able to resist the evil day, and having done everything, to stand firm. Stand firm, therefore, having girded your loins with truth, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. In addition to all, taking up the shield of faith, with which you will be able to extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one, and take the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. For several weeks now, we've been studying about the dangers that live within the place that is here in verse 12, called the heavenly places. There are spiritual realms where spiritual forces of wickedness dwell. They're described here as being (coughs) principalities and powers, rulers of the darkness of this age, spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. And we've echoed the warning over and over again that here in these words, God is calling each of us to open the spiritual eyes of our hearts and our minds and to realize that so much, much more is taking place across the realms of reality that we're able to see with our natural eyes. That those demonic beings described there in these words that we have here, that they are present among us. They are present among us. That moment by moment they reach across those boundaries of their spiritual realms over into the realms that we're in, in our natural realms. And they attack, and they hurt, and they influence, and they corrupt us, and they corrupt the things that we do. The warning being given that even though as those corrupt influences and misdeeds are taking place, and we're seeing the faces of real people, their behaviors are most always being incited and provoked from out of that demonic spiritual realm. So that's the circumstance that we have before us. And we've said over and over again that we in our natural awareness and strength do not have the wherewithal to respond and to do battle with those spiritual forces. As the words of Martin Luther's hymn that we just sang tell us in the mighty fortress is our God, they remind us that the devil and his demons His power and craft are great and armed with cruel hate. On earth is not his equal. And yes, some very earnest Christians think that they can mount a battle against the devil and against his spiritual hosts of wickedness. And we see that taking place in a lot of churches. But I'm also reminded of a Charlie Daniels song about outfiddling Satan. That makes for a good song but not for reality. The words of the hymn, again, are far more accurate. Satan's power and craft are great. And he's armed with cruel hate, a cruelness that you and I can't imagine. And on earth is not his equal. And we dare not foolishly think that we can take on the devil using our meager provisions of wit. And may I say also that God does not intend us to take Satan on. We see that in the book of Jude. Let me read this. This is in the book of Jude, verse 9. And there we read, But when 
the archangel Michael, contending with the devil, was disputing about the body of Moses, he did not presume to pronounce a blasphemous judgment, of which, by the way, we are so capable of just blaspheming those heavenly beings, as, it, as they're called, but said, the Lord rebuke you. But he said, these people blaspheme all that they do not understand, and they are destroyed by all that they, like unreasoning animals, understand instinctively. There seems to be a freedom within our own senses that we can just deal with the forces of evil and just pronounce all sorts of railing accusations and blasphemous accusations. But listen, Michael the archangel, the most powerful angel in God's kingdom, even more powerful, by the way, than Satan, knew the calling and the purpose that was given to him from God, and he didn't try to take on Satan. But instead, he invoked the power within the name of Jesus in order to drive Satan away. Now, why would that be so? For the same reason that you and I should not try to take on Satan. It's because God has granted Satan to be king over all the earth for this season. For this season. And the archangel Michael didn't take on Satan. And you and I should not do that either. We must leave those things to God and especially to the Lord Jesus. He'll deal with Satan in due time. But what then is our response to be to these sudden and also continuous attacks that take place from across those spiritual realms, the demons reaching over into our world and making our lives miserable? And they do that all through the day. The best and surest way of making Satan and his demons leave us alone is found in the simple words of James chapter 4. Therefore, this is verse 7, Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he'll draw near to you. Now, within these simple words is the full and complete protection that you and I will need to preserve us through any and all of the battles that are brought against us from out of those spiritual realms. If we will submit ourselves to God and resist the devil and draw near to God, then the devils will flee from our presence. Demons cannot bear to be in the presence of God. His holiness is too painful for them to stand. And so they flee from him. But then how are you and I supposed to obey this command? Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. Draw near to God, and he'll draw near to you. How are we to do that? We're told in Romans 13 that we are to put on the Lord Jesus Christ. To put on the Lord Jesus Christ and to make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. <clears throat> but putting on the Lord Jesus Christ is not something that you and I easily understand. It's a mystical kind of thought. How do we put on the Lord Jesus Christ? Now here again... We find that God is so very generous in the way that he does things and the way that he explains things to us. Here in Ephesians 6, he tells us in clear and plain words that just as we are to put on a garment, we are to put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Now there in Romans 13, Jesus is called the armor of light. And then here in our passage in Ephesians, he's called the whole armor, the full armor of God. And just as with any garment of armor, there are several pieces to it. And each piece has its own purpose and provision. Now, 
may I point out quickly that the armor of God is never cumbersome and it's never burdensome to us. I'm reminded of King Saul's armor that he offered to David as David was about to go out to face Goliath. You might recall that story from the Scriptures. The armor that Saul offered to David was much too big for him. David's smaller boyish body was weighted down by that armor. It was more burdensome than it was beneficial. And unfortunately, many even professed believers think that these commands, these statutes, these precepts, these laws of God that you and I are subject to are too burdensome for them. That's why we don't have too many people in our church today. That's why we have fewer and fewer in our churches all over our nation. They do not seek the indwelling presence of the Spirit of God to encourage them, and so they grow weary and well-doing. They're weighted down by the demands of holiness, and so they drift out the doors of our churches. But listen, that should never be so. That should never be so. The yoke of Jesus Christ is always easy, and it's always light, never burdensome. But before we can have and enjoy the help that comes from Christ, you and I have to draw near to Him. We have to want His nearness. Jesus needs to be as close as being able to shoulder up underneath the other side of that cross. He needs to be that close. And with Him that close, carrying that cross, our burden is easy and our yoke is light. So then again, how do we put on the Lord Jesus Christ. We put him on just as these words in Ephesians tell us, one piece at a time, each in its order, with each piece ready to do its purposeful work. Listen to these words beginning in verse 11 first. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. And then in verse 13, Therefore take up the full armor of God so that you will be able to resist in the evil day and having done everything to stand firm. Now in these words, there is every instruction, every explanation that we'll need to put on the Lord Jesus Christ. First, listen, we're commanded to take up the full armor of God. Now note here that the armor is not placed on us by Christ. Most Christians want God to do everything for us. But these words tell us that you and I have to take up this full armor of God. Christ does so much for us already. Yes, He even he initiated our salvation. He initiates so much and carries it out even without us knowing it. But not in this case. This putting on of the full armor of God is a task that you and I must, of our own free will, join with Him to do. We can't do it on our own, but it is an act whereby you and I join with him to put on this armor of God. Verse 13 says to take it up, a willful act of reaching for and and picking up the armor of God. I'm reminded also of the circumstance that I've quoted to you often of how as the Israelites were getting ready to go across the Jordan into the Promised Land. You recall there in the Scripture that the Levites had to first step forward and put their foot in the water before it parted. The water did not part until they put their foot in the water. That's what God is telling us to do. 
just as those Levites needed to join with God in going across and parting that water, you and I need to join with Him in a willful act of reaching and picking up the armor of God. And by the way, I count this command also as being similar to the one where He commands us to be filled with His Holy Spirit. To be filled with His Holy Spirit. At salvation, yes, God freely puts His Holy Spirit within us, filling us with His presence. Jesus, you'll recall, breathed on His disciples and He filled them with His Holy Spirit. But there's also a responsibility and a command that's given to you and me that we actively pursue being filled with the Holy Spirit. That we join with Christ and willfully reach for to be filled with the fullness of the Holy Spirit. And so it is with this special act of the will here of putting on the full armor of God. We must, of our own free will, reach for and take up each piece of the full armor of God. Not leaving even one of the pieces of the armor out, but putting on the full and complete armor of God. And we'll be talking about why that is so necessary over the next few weeks. Now, also I want to remind us that putting on each of the pieces of this armor is not a form of works that we need to do to obtain salvation. God is speaking to believers here with these words. And you and I are already saved. It's not a matter of putting on the full armor of God so that we can be saved. Our names are already written in the Lamb's book of life. This is something that born-again children of God are exhorted to do so that we'll be protected from our enemies as we walk amongst the wiles and the schemes of what he calls here the evil days. And the taking up and the putting on of the full armor of God has this understanding of being both a present and an ongoing doing of both. The sense of that being that sometimes we tire. Sometimes we tire and we lay down a portion of the armor. We're not reading our scriptures regularly. Do you read your scriptures every day? You and I need to be putting on the full armor of God, every piece of it, and not be laying some of it aside. Because when we do that, we leave some parts of our body, our soul, our spirit exposed and unprotected from the evil ones. So then, you and I need to always be checking and rechecking that the whole, the full, complete armor of God is always in place. Therefore, take up the full armor of God so that you will be able to resist in the evil day and having done everything to stand firm. I want to emphasize again, God specifically inserted this word, take up the full, or depending upon your translation, the whole armor of God. He didn't just say, take up the armor of God. So it's critical that you and I take up every piece of this armor. This is the way that we resist the devil in the evil day that's spoken of here. Also, too, please understand that God is not calling us to an offensive kind of campaign against the devil. To plan and to carry out some clever kind of offensive forays into the camps of the devil. And especially not asking us to depend upon our own wits and abilities. I'm reminded of when Jesus said to his disciples, you will now need to carry a sword. One of the disciples said, we have two amongst us. 
Out of the twelve, they had two swords. Jesus said, that will be enough. Why was that enough? It's because God did not intend his disciples to ever have a offensive war going against Satan. He just needed enough for defense. And so two was enough. And that's what God is saying to us here. We are not. To have an effective resistance that he's talking about here does not depend upon us mounting some sort of offensive campaign against the devil. Our resistance that he speaks about here is accomplished only through the power and the presence of the Spirit of God. Let me read for you 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3. For though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds, demonic strongholds. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought, every imagination captive to obey Christ. Now may we please understand and believe that the days that we live in are as he has said here in Ephesians verse 13. These days are evil. These are evil and dark days. We'll say, well, yes, I know that. I can see that. No, you and I don't really realize just how dark and evil they are. Verse 13 again. Therefore, take up the full armor of God so that you will be able to resist in the evil day and having done everything to stand firm. Now, a plea that I make often from this pulpit is that we not misunderstand about the ways and the power that sin can have over God's people. Sin is never just something that you and I need to watch out for so that we won't stumble over it. We picture that sin is a list of do's and don'ts on the wall. And as long as we obey all those, we'll be okay. But that's not so. The warning again is that sin is a powerful predator that pursues after you and me, to influence us and to ensnare us into its ways. Sin is part of the fabric that makes up these evil days that God speaks about here. And sin desires to have you and me and to control you and me. These evil days are filled with it. Listen to these words from Ephesians 5, verses 15 and 16. Therefore be careful how you walk, not as unwise men... But as wise, making the most of your time, listen, because the days are evil. And then here in verse 13, Therefore take up the full armor of God, so that you will be able to resist in the evil day, and having done everything, to stand firm. We're to do everything, exactly as God commands us, leaving nothing undone or to chance. My dear wife is a list maker. And may I praise her for that. Her lists have saved us from many a grief. Now here God is perhaps telling us to do the same thing. To make and to keep lists. Now some may say, well that sounds legalistic. Perhaps it is. But I confess that I like the idea. If I need a list to make sure that I have done everything as he says here to do everything, having done everything, then I probably ought to do that. 
I probably ought to do that. I probably ought to check each day to see if I have on the full armor of God. Every piece of it. Now what is then the provision and the reward that having resisted the devil in the evil day and having stood firm, what does that accomplish for us? It is first that we're able to remain standing. We're able to remain standing. Now that may not seem like a lot to you and me, but oh, it's ever so important. We need not be knocked to our knees, ineffective, unable to continue with our part of the battle. Now yes, a quick-thinking evangelical might seize on that thought and say, oh, but that's exactly where us warriors need to be on our knees. And that's true. But not in the sense being put forth here. Being knocked to our knees because we were unprepared for the battle. Because we hadn't put on a portion of the full armor of God. Here, God counts standing as being something very, very good and, and so should we. Now one last thought before we close concerning the necessity to stand. The word that's translated there that says for us to resist the devil also means to withstand, to stand firm, to stand your ground. It's a powerful word. To stand your ground against the devil's assaults. Giving us this vision of a faithful soldier under attack but fighting with all of his heart and with every weapon that is available to him to defend his part of that battle line. A breach in that battle line might provide the devil with all that he needs to get inside our defenses and get around behind us and behind our fellow warriors. And behind us is a very dangerous place for the devil to be because we will study in the weeks ahead that there is no provision in this armor of God for the protection of our back. No provision. And while God doesn't address it directly here in this passage, we can assume that God simply does not intend for you and me to ever give in, to ever give in and allow Satan access to our backsides. And the only way for us to do that is for us to stand firm, as he emphasizes here, and to make sure that Satan never does gain that access. We'll stop there for this week. But Lord willing, next week we'll continue with this study about all these provisions that God makes. And it's necessary. I want you to understand that you will not make it through this week to be here next week not in the way that the Lord wants you to unless you do put on this full armor of God because it is there to protect you and to bless you as you go through this next week else you're going to suffer all of the consequences of not having on that full armor of God. Listen as I close. Verse 13 again, Therefore take up the full armor of God so that you will be able to resist in the evil day. And having done everything to stand firm, Stand firm, therefore, having girded your loins with truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. In addition to all, taking up the shield of faith with which you will be able to extinguish all of the flaming arrows of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Let's pray.